podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We all take on different roles every day. One minute you're a parent, the next a chef, or a driver. That's why the Volvo XC40 Recharge is designed to be as versatile as you are. It's fully electric and includes a 360-degree camera, Google built-in, and more. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com US. The Volvo XC40 Recharge. For every you. Some equipment optional. Google is a trademark of Google LLC. Hello and welcome to Pardews Hot Pants, a nostalgic spin-off from the FYP podcast. We're back. It's it's volume 20. Uh, it feels like it's been a lifetime since we did volume 19, but I'm delighted we're back with some more, more, more palace nostalgia for your ears. Joining me as ever, Richard Foster. Hello to you. Hello. So if we're 20, what, what happens when we get to 25? Do we get a clock or something? Um, no. Palace clock? No. Is no. Thing? There must be. I mean, there probably is actually in the, in the, uh, in the club shop. There's, there's all sorts of palace tats in there. got to be. Got to be. Do you have any palace tat? Actually, this is a epi- future episode, isn't it? Oh, no. Hold, hold back on that. That's, that's gold. That's yeah, gold. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. We'll, we will save that for, uh, for next time. Uh, Jesse Boyce is also here. J-Dog, how you doing? Good. Good to see you guys. been too long. Yeah. And, uh, lots to talk about. It's a, been a, it's just so nice to be at the end of the season and not have to worry too much about anything. I saw someone say the other day, if it, if you're already looking forward to next season before this one's finished, you know you're in a good place. So uh, I, will, I will take that. Very yeah. true, very true. And a good place to be doing the old nostalgia pods. And I think during the summer, we'll try and do a few more as well and keep them rolling over while everyone's in a good place because we're all feeling good about Palace at the moment. Um, Richard, I got something something for you. This is this is the longest callback in podcast history. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but in the last episode, we were talking about uh, refereeing decisions. Yep. Uh, bad refereeing decisions against Palace. We talked about Dermot Gallagher, and I talked about the the handball, Dubry, goal, Tommy Black. Yeah, Leeds. Yeah, yeah. Against Leeds that wasn't given. Um, I'd forgotten at the time that I texted Danny Butterfield about it, because Danny Butterfield had just joined Palace at that point. I think it was quite early on in his Palace career. Okay. And I asked him if he remembered it. And uh, I said I'd read it out in the last episode and I forgot. So this is for you. He says, he said, either a goal or a pen. Sorry, either a goal or pen and red card. Neither. Cheers, Dermot, you whopper. <laughs> uh, which is, I think, is fair. And then I said, Gallagher, years later, said it was worth a decision. And Danny said, cheers, Dermot. That makes us all feel better. Angry face. Yeah. Um, so I think we can all agree with that, can't we? Quite right, too, yeah. And endorsed by Danny Busfield doesn't get better than that, does it? No, indeed, indeed. Um, right, so this, obviously this episode... Actually, do you know what? We're not too far a theme from that, because this episode we're talking about palace shithousery. Uh, now, so I should say as well, uh, we're going to be saying that term quite a lot over this episode. So um, just a little warning about the language. Uh, if you don't like that term, maybe don't listen to this episode, because we're going to be saying it quite a lot. But uh, if you have little ones around, maybe pop your headphones in or go and listen in a different room, because we'll be saying that word a lot. Um, which has weirdly become part of sort of footballing lexicon uh, recently, even though it does technically have a swear word in it. Um, so just a little warning there. And before we get into the episode, uh, and before we um, talk to you, Richard, about the football mine as well, um, I wanted to pose you guys a really quick question. So I want you to go back, think of Palace players that joined on a free, any Palace player, which of those would you like to go and have a beer with? 
Jesse, I come to you first. Wow. I'd like to get to know Gaeta a bit better. I feel like he's he's uh, given he's a current free transfer, and he's going to be a real cult hero for us as as we look back on him, his time with us. I just feel like I don't know him very well. You know, I just like to go for a bit with, with Gaeta to get to know him a little bit. And what, yeah. what, what's his Spanish like, Jesse? Because his English is not great. Well, do you know what? Once I did, I did travel a fair bit around South America, and it just started to get good at it. Um, I left, so I'm sure it would all come. I should have some good muscle memory. Did a Spanish course in Buenos Aires for a week, and then travelled around South America for three months. But everywhere you went, they spoke very different Spanish. Yeah, does Uh, vary a bit. It's regional. I think it's regional. Yeah, Bolivia was the best place to speak Spanish because they speak it really slowly. So it's really easy to understand. They're very chill and laid back. Mm. So that was the easy, easiest place to understand them. So I'd go for a pint with Gaeta in La Paz. <laughs> Excellent. Very, very, very specific. specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Richard, which free transfer palace player would you like to share a beer with? Well, I think it would actually be Gabor Karai um, because A, he'd have to come in his jogging bottoms, have to. I mean, obviously, we'd have to go to Budapest. But I really want to know. I've never ha- heard it absolutely defined why. Why did he wear those? And, you know, there are lots of theories. You know, some say, oh, you know, there's scars on his legs. Blah, 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 blah. But I want to just sit down, have a chat with him, say, come on, tell me the actual reason. Can I give you a bonus free transfer? Uh just continuing the theme of free goalkeepers, I'd go for a pint with Steve Mandanda. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I wrote him down, actually. And I, the only thing I wrote down is why. Yeah, and also I think after a few beers, it would be really tempting just to keep saying Steve. Like, <laughs> really. Yeah, why, why would you abandon this to go to Marseille? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. So why are we yeah. taking goalkeepers? You got any non-goalkeepers you'd like to have a beard with? Clearly, if you were in a pub with those three, you're safe in the knowledge, you could send them to the bar and they're never going to spill their pint. Safe pair of hands. They can come back. With, I reckon they'd be able to take four pints as well. Big hands. Yeah, they would. Yeah. You've got to have Damien Delaney there, surely. Well, he's so obvious, I think, that, um, yeah, I mean, he's an absolute shoe-in, I suppose, but... Yeah, I, I did consider him, but just thought everyone would have him. Well, what about Mila Jednak? I mean, there'd be no, there'd be no, like you'd get no aggro from anyone else in the pub. You'd True, be absolutely fine. Yeah. But anyway, guys, speaking of free beer, our oh. friends at Beer Fifty Two are offering FYP listeners ten free beers sent to your house. Uh, go to beer52.com/fyp to claim your pack of ten free beers now. All you have to do is cover the £5.95 for postage. Now, every month, Beer 52 sends their members a fresh case of craft beer. This month, their double Dutch case will take you on a beer trip around the Netherlands' finest independent craft breweries. I mean, we could have had Edgar Davids. I think he signed on a free, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Would you guys go with Jesse? Would you go for a, a, a beer with Edgar Davids? No, I, I fear that wouldn't end well. I, <laughs> I, I think you, I, I foresee trouble in the kebab shop later on. Yeah, especially with those glasses on. Literally yeah. beer goggles. Yeah, yeah. I heard Darren, I heard Darren Ambrose talk about uh, his time spent in playing in the same team as Davids. He, he didn't speak about him fondly. <laughs> he, said okay. that he, um, he said he would point, he would ask people about their tattoos 
in the change room and tell tell them they were shit. <laughs> okay, excellent. What a way to endear yourself to your teammates. Okay, so we're not going for a, a, a beer with Edgar David. But anyway, since 2014, Beer52 and their members have supported over 500 breweries and drunk beer from more than 40 different countries. Uh, try a double IPA from two chefs at a cool 7.5% and De Molen's Op and Top, a beautifully easygoing pale ale. Uh, on the dark side this month, there's Daily Grind, um, which is also the name of my spin-off podcast about Working hard, that doesn't make sense. Um, a sessionable stout from Mersterol. Mersterol. I've got that wrong. But if you're not a fan of the dark beers, you can choose the light option box instead. Um, also included in every case is the ever-insightful Ferment magazine and a couple of tasty snacks. Uh, and if you're not satisfied, you can pause or cancel at any time. So that's beer52.com uh, slash FYP to claim your free case now. That's the word beer, the numbers, 52.com forward slash FYP, and all you have to do is cover the £5.95 for postage. Right, before we get into our theme for this week of shithousery, uh, Richard, what's going down on the footballmind.com recently? Well, Jim, as you know, it's playoff season. Um, so Your favourite time of the season. My favourite, as I call it, my second Christmas. Um, and I don't know if you noticed, but did you see the crowd for the Sunderland-Sheffield Wednesday game? No. Well, I mean, the figure was 44,742. Wow. Uh, So that is by far and away the largest attendance for a semi-final. It's also larger than I think it was six of the Premier League weekend games. And it's more than 13 of the top flight clubs' capacities. And this is a League One semi-finals so just think about that it's just ridiculous anyway so we've got you know the excitement of Sunderland Wickham probably not that exciting but I'm I'm really looking forward to the championship this season because it's got Forest in there I I sort of want Forest to come back in don't we all I think yeah so. I, totally so I talk a little Forrest. bit about that uh Luton obviously never been in the Premier League but then Huddersfield and Sheffield United been there, done that, probably would go straight back down. So, yeah, let's have a bit of Forest or Luton for me. Uh, yeah, Luton away will be fine. I, I want Wickham to come up in the... I mean, Wickham are my local team, really, so yeah. I, I wouldn't mind them coming up from the League One um, uh, playoffs. Uh, but good stuff. Okay, well, we'll put a link in the description below to uh, your latest yeah. article, and people check out the footballmind.com for all your playoff needs will be covered. Um, I think we'll take a quick break there. When we come back, we're going to get our teeth into this week's theme on Party's Hot Pants, which is Palace Shithousery. We'll see you in a bit. Shut up, baby! Let me see where you're coming from. Shut up, baby! Let me see. Hey! It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. 
Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome back to Parties Hot Pants, the nostalgic spin-off from the FYP podcast. We're about to get into our... Palace shit three. This is going to be a good one. Uh, this episode. Before we do that, Jesse, we've got a slight announcement to make. So obviously, we have patrons who we love, uh, who follow us, and um, uh, are on different tiers. There's a merchandise tier, uh, and every six months we send them a special bit of merchandise. We are about to send them the latest part, and uh, you are helping us with that because it is a Goldfather poster with a very special Palace goal on it. Tell us about the goal. Thanks, thanks for asking me, Jim. So, um, yeah, you told me that it was that time of year and obviously it's the end of the season. So, yourself and Rob, we were talking about um, a goldfather from the Patreons. Um, and obviously, looking back on the season, we looked at what the goal of the season might be. Personally, I think that at the Palace Awards, they chickened out of the Gallagher goal because it was too many passes for them to draw up. But I did see the Zaha goal that they chose. So we are taking on that challenge and we are trying in diagrammatic form to put the Gallagher goal in one single image. And I'm about halfway through it and it's working. Because I'll tell you why. I'll tell you for why, I say so. Um, because even though there are 20 passes and some players like Anderson touches it several times, um, none of the pattern of play overlaps really. It sort of starts off with a throw-in from Wardy. And then there's a bit of a mid, 
midfield scramble, goes back to Butland and then works its way back up the pitch, but without really covering where it's already been. So it actually does work and it's starting to look. It's, def- it's definitely the probably most complicated one I've ever done and I've done 250 of these. So uh, it's definitely a good good piece to, yeah, to remember a good goal. So yeah, that will be going out in the next week or so. Um, but if people are still able to sign up for this, Jim. Uh, yeah, so you have to be a patron on the merch tiers. We have various tiers and the merch tier, I think it's the Jeff Thomas tier um, for six months. Uh, to sign up for this, uh, to get merchandise. So people that have already been on the merch tier for the last six months are going to be applicable for this and we'll be sending it out. But I would recommend signing up to our Patreon for various tiers. We've got uh, post-match podcasts, uh, the merchandise tier. Our top tier patrons get to come on the podcast as an appearance as well. Um, and so there's all sorts of stuff on there. Uh, oh, there's a Discord club as well, which is which is, which is is buzzing at the moment. Um, we should add that this will be an exclusive item for a limited period with... The only way you can get this is through signing up to Patreon. So uh, exciting. It'll be ready soon. And I'm sure you will plaster it all over the socials. Yeah, that's exactly right. It is going to be exclusive for a limited time to our patrons on the merch tier. Uh, So keep an eye out for that if you're a patron listening and you are on the Jeff Thomas tier. But if you're not a patron at all, please do head to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash F-Y-P podcast to sign up. We would love to have you on board. Right. I think we should get into Palace Shithousery. Richard, we're going to do one, one four, one against, because mm-hmm. yeah. there's plenty against us. Uh, what's your pro Palace Shithousery example? Well, it's quite good because it fits in with the Beer 52 Dutch theme. It's Patrick Van Arnholt. Because a lot of people go, why? Why? If you actually look at his record, he managed to send three teams down, right? So those teams probably hate him with a passion. And also when you look at so he sent Hull down, right? I know it was 4-0, but he did score in the 90th minute. And this is something that I'd like to point out. Stoke away. He scored in the 86th minute. We won 2-1 in 2018. The following year... Huddersfield went down on the back of another goal and in the 88th minute. He just specialised in scoring late goals to send clubs down. And I think that deserves a certain accolade. I don't know. What do you get for being a Palace shithouse? I don't know, but I'm sure, you know, the merch guys can work on that. Um, but also, if you, I, I, I was slightly interested in his other goals and he actually scored 13 did you know he scored 13 for palace and a couple more of them were against sides that got relegated that season so he obviously had some sort of art in deciding who the teams who were going to go down and he decided i'm going to really rub their noses in it and i'm going to send them down so i love that i I think you know if you talk Two fans of Hull or Stoke or Huddersfield, they probably still have a bit of a hatred of PVA. And, you know, that's perfect shithousery because that's what we want. We want your venom. We want you to hate this player. And, you know, quite frankly, a few Palace fans didn't like PVA that much. But he did score those goals and, you know, God bless him. I think he was at one point the top scoring Premier League fullback since he joined Palace, I think. 
so as you yeah, said, that's prolific right. with his goals. Um, when, I, when you said PVA shithouse, I, f- I forgot it was for Palace. For a second, I was what you're talking, <laughs> saying that he was a shithouse against Palace. I, think, I mean, at times, his defending, possibly you could label it as that. But yes, he did have a mad record of sending teams down. And I think you're right, collected a little group of teams who would have hated him. And yeah, I guess, Jesse, that's right. L- last minute goals to send a team down, in a, you know, prolifically over the course of seasons. I think that does give you a shithouse award. Yeah, I would agree. I think I think uh, PVA was a, a multi shithouser because he he would he would annoy the opposition fans as much as annoy us. Um, I, I always thought about PVA. He would just get if you could choose one player to pass to in the tightest possible space, he would always control it and get out of that sticky spot. But then give it then make the easiest pass, give it away for the next easiest pass, he'd give it up to the opposition. It was just like, is he doing that for a laugh just to make people swear? Um, but yeah, he's, he was, I sort of miss him though. Yeah, I mm. think that he would have been, done, been really good in this team or probably, or maybe not. Maybe it would just not work. It's sort of like, it would have been absolutely PVA shithouse to sort of be in this perfect scenario and do something he's never done before. Like, I don't know. Stop scoring. <laughs> but he also added an, a little icing onto his shithousery cake in that his social media posts were always quite interesting. And, you know, if I had been an opposition fan, I'd have been really wound up by what he used to do. So, you know, he's got, you know, it, it is a multi-layered cake that PVA provides us. And, you know, it, he, as I say, he split opinions in the Palace fan base, but he, I doubt whether he split opinions in the opposition fan base because they would have really hated him. Yeah. He's, he's the only player I've seen pull up. I used to, once, once or twice I've been down there early with my son to you know, get some pictures with the players. He's the only player I've ever seen turn up driven in a people carrier with his own personalised plates. He's got PVA on the plate. <laughs> and, he would just, and he would get out of the sliding door and it would drive off. He had his own driver <laughs> driving him and a people carrier that only he was in. Yeah. <laughs> I remember once, didn't he, uh, didn't he splash um, Bridgie, Michael Bridge, at the training ground once in his, yeah, he did, yeah. in his people carrier, I think. Yeah, it was because it, it was pissing with rain. Like deadline just, day or something. He desperately, he desperately wanted to go through the puddle and he just splashed Bridgie. So that again, you know. More shithousery. More shithousery. Wherever you look. He's a shit houser, you know, expert. He's a protagonist that, you know, we can we can all buy into. So good old PVA. It's funny because I, I've got my, my shit are examples of things that have happened, but you've gone for an actual player. I'm I'm wondering, do we need a sort of shit house eleven? And would yeah. is PVA the most the most shit house Palace player ever? Because actually, the examples you're giving me here make me think, Jesse, that he he might be. Well, I mean, you've just put a really nice spin on it there. I think we have to do an 11. I don't know if we can do that now, but maybe at the end of the pod you can do it, Jim. I don't want to create work for you, but you have come up with a good idea there. Yeah. We could do. Okay, really quickly then, let's think of some more shit, shit, shit house players. Well, I, I've, got, I've got an idea for if PVA is listening on the off chance. I've got an idea for him to take his shit housing to the next level. Uh, if he insists that for who is he played for now in Turkey? Galatasaray. Yeah. Yeah. If he suddenly started insisting that on his already long name, which has to curve around his back, he has to say 
P dot and then O, just to make it a bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say as well, he's, he's, he's gone to that Asteroid in the Turkish Superliga, arguably the most shithouse league, yeah, I yeah. would say, in Europe. Yeah, well, if you think about what Graham Souness once did, yeah. <laughs> planting that flag in the centre circle, yeah. that that is classic shithousery. And as we know, Turkey, you know, they're quite passionate fans, in inverted commas, they're mad. And, you know, those, those derbies are crazy. So, yeah, if you're going to shithouse PBA, do it there. Yeah, I think he might be. I think he might be the, the most shithoused. Shithoused? Shit. Can you be a shithousey? Is he a shithousey? Anyway, I think shithouse. it's a shithouser. Shithouser. Yeah. Sounds um, like a dog. It's actually a, a <laughs> duck left back. Shithauser yeah, shit sounds like the sort of player we'd sign in 2006. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Andre Shithauser. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's definitely up there. All right, we're trying to think of a Shithauser 11, or maybe not. Maybe we open that up to our listeners and that's something we would update them with um, uh, in, a, in a later episode, maybe. Um, but PVA is definitely in there. And I like the fact you've gone for a player rather than an incident. Uh, Jesse, what have you got then for your pro Palace Shithouse could be anything. Instant player. What have you gone for? Well, I, I, felt, I like the way Richard's... We've left this quite open as a thing, and everyone's sort of expressed themselves in how they've interpreted the phrase, like what Richard's done there. Um, mine's going to be a bit more of a smorgasbord. Um, so I'll just sort of cover off a few incidents, and then uh, we'll zoom in on one, maybe. Um, I sort of put my, split mine into two. You know, I like to do this sort of thing. I've sort of split this into passive shit housing and active shit housing. <laughs> um, just a for example, examples of palace passive shit housing. Roy Hodgson not making subs when everyone expected him to have done by the 80th minute. And we should say, just, sorry, Jesse, we should say that we were inspired actually to do this shit house episode well, by Roy yeah. at the weekend. I forgot to say as I start the podcast, Roy at the weekend. Blowing kisses to the Palace fans, literally seconds after leading Watford to relegation, which I think is the ultimate shithouse move. But that inspired us, Jesse. So I'm glad that you've still got Roy back into the episode as well. Well, I was going to come on to that. So I think Hodgson, who has been an impeccable professional for 50 years, suddenly went full shithouse <laughs> with his final walk off a pitch. And I thought it was the ultimate old man thing to do where you just don't care anymore. Um, you feel like you can, you can do what you like, say what you like. Uh, so, yeah, that gave me a throwback to surely, like, I know he had that famous interview where he uh, said, you're taking the piss, aren't you? That's the most angry he's ever been, ever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and deviated from a, treading a professional line. But then I think back, he was a passive shithouser, wasn't he, with his subs and his stubbornness to not play players that, he didn't sign or he didn't fancy in training. So he's always been, a, up until Saturday, in my mind, he's always been a passive shithouser. He's just taken it to the next level. And as you say, has inspired this chat today. Other examples of passive shithousing I've got, um, I think I think Michael Elise has, has a, his own unique brand of shithousing, um, definitely showing his French side in the way that he just doesn't seem to care about anything, um, never celebrates a goal, and even at Millwall, when they threw the bottle at him, he gave it some back, didn't he? Not many players would do that at Millwall. Yeah. So I think there's definitely something about Elisa that I like. And I'd like to see how he builds on his, on his 
his kind of natural shit housing over the over time. On the more active shit house side, I mean, it's got to be right up there, the Pardew dance. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is yeah, that's up there, isn't it? I mean, I think enough said. We, we've all seen the GIF. Anything that makes it into a GIF speaks for itself. Um, I think Clinton Morrison and the interview against Owen about Owen teaching him how to shoot. Yeah, yeah, the League Cup one. Yeah. But my favourite one of recent times is the uh, Sacco Benteke handshake at Anfield. (laughs) (laughs) So let's put some meat on the bones here. So this was when I think we won at Anfield 2-1. I think Benteke scored both goals. Yeah, he did. Uh, And um, Sacco was on loan with us, obviously, at the time. I think he'd been booted out because Klopp didn't like him, didn't like his attitude, or he took some sort of drug, meant he couldn't play in the Europa League final and all that the season before. So he offloaded him to us. On his return to Anfield, Benteke, was it after the match or during the match? I do, I, do you know what? I don't know. I feel like it was, I don't think it was during the match because I think actually both goals Benteke celebrated. Weirdly, I watched this recently. Yeah. He, run, he runs to a corner that's not near the bench. So, yeah. I, But I think it was, it was either at, at half time or because he, he scored one in either half yeah. or at, at full time. But the best thing about it is it must have been actually yeah, walking off the pitch because as they're doing it, Sammy Lee is clearly walking away from the bench or to the bench or something. And the look of disgust on his face <laughs> as he's watching this complicated handshake was the most peak old man reacts to young men doing something vibe I've ever seen. It's so, and it's in slow motion as well. It's so good. And that almost makes the handshake even more shithousery. It was, it was lovely. Yeah, I think we've almost just, we think we've just hit the five-year anniversary of this. It was April 2017. Yeah. And um, um, interestingly, that game was the last game Liverpool lost and they went on a 68 match unbeaten run at Anfield in the Premier League and lost mm. it against Burnley strangely but you know that was always etched in there whenever they spoke about the record they talked about that game you know since Palace beat them in April and as you say adorned by a ridiculous handshake in front of you know the main stand at Anfield where they're all spitting feathers aren't they they're all really angry about it. oh yeah they've just they've just lost the game especially yeah. like I, I'm just looking at it now. It looks like Benteke was substituted. That's what I thought, yeah, substituted. Um, yeah. I think it was two minutes to go, and uh, we're winning 2-1. And Sacco, clearly, that, that moment seals his permanent move yeah. in, that, in, that, in that gesture. Yeah. So I, I think there's a lot to unpack there that makes it an apex shithouse moment for Palace. I, I, it's just such a good shout. I think it's definitely up there, yeah, as you say, peak peak shithousery I saw uh, there were some people on Twitter before the semi-final at Wembley recently against Chelsea who were saying it wouldn't be great in an ideal scenario if Conor Gallagher and Mark Gahey recreate that handshake moment in front of the Chelsea fans if we beat yeah. them which would have been absolutely fantastic Conor I don't think Conor would have done it actually knowing what personality is like um, obviously it didn't happen but yeah Richard as, as a, as a, as a shithouse moment to wind up fans they already Disliked Sacco because he's fell falling out of club. They disliked Benteke because he didn't do do very well there. And then to do that in their own backyard, oh, it takes it takes so many shit house boxes. 
Absolutely, you know, ex-player, loan player, um, just a perfect storm, really, for really angry Reds. And, and you know, remember Klopp, he, when he, the first game he lost was to us, and he, he's never, I think he's a shithouse, by the way, uh, to us, because he never gives us any credit. I mean, they beat us about... 12 times in a row now, but he always, you know, that ridiculous penalty they got this season where he said, oh, well, yeah, that's the way it goes. Turn it away the other way around. And he always complains about every single decision that goes against Liverpool. So he's a one-eyed monster. He's a one-eyed shithouse, that clock. And, and I don't want him in the league anymore. Thank you. He is actually, do you know what, again, as another one, shithouse managers, um, he definitely is 100%. He's, uh, he's salty. I think, I think it's how you describe Jürgen Klopp. He's very, very salty. Yeah. But that's good. I love, I'm loving that as a suggestion. That's great. Can I give you two more then from, from my list? Yes. Um, one I'm going to play a clip from, I think, actually. So one is uh, a clip from a Palace game at home to Watford, March... The 7th, 2020, is actually the last home game before lockdown. Uh, Palace beat Watford 1-0. And in the final few minutes, mm. Benteke and Ayu kept the ball in the corner, right by the yeah. homes down the main stand. Yeah. Some fantastic shithousery to wind up the Watford uh, players. I've got the clip here, and you'll hear the Palace fans weighing along to it. I'm going to drop it in now. So I, I've always loved that clip. It's against Watford. It's great shithousery. It was actually sort of Benteke finding a bit of confidence in that moment. Yeah. I think he was going, he had such a poor run. People were like, oh, Benteke's actually, and he's holding up the ball really well. Uh, Ayu actually then does get fouled. He gets sort of like uh, cool. pushed over, doesn't get the free kick and everyone's moaning at the lino. But that's a lovely moment. And again, it does play into this theme of shithouse against Watford, which is obviously the inspiration for this week's episode. Um, the moment though that I'm going to go for, which isn't that, is uh, when Palace played Arsenal. I'm not actually sure of the year, but I, I want to say possibly 2019. Um, in the pre at Selhurst in the previous game we played them at the Emirates and after the game Arsenal Fan TV were doing their fan cams outside and a guy called DT who's quite outspoken doesn't seem like a particularly nice individual was doing his and one of the Palace fans walking past and you can watch it on the video this hand comes in and just took his hat his baseball cap off his head and walked off and obviously he was livid and at the home game a few months later They'd strung it up on a piece of rope and they ha- hung it from the top of the home's tail, <laughs> like some sort of medieval head on a spike. Yeah. Uh, and I just think, as shithousery goes, that I, and I'm winding up opposition fans, that I mean, it's so personal, but it's just so perfect because it gets to the heart of one of the things that everyone hates about Arsenal, which is Arsenal fan TV. Yeah, and I just thought it was absolutely perfect. I need to. I'm gonna research now and find out what game it is, and whether it worked, whether we got a result. I feel like we probably didn't because we didn't haven't recently against uh, Arsenal at Sellers. But Jesse, as a shit house moment, a personal shit house moment goes, that's got to be up there. It was that was that was quite special, wasn't it? Quite special. Where will it all end, Robbie? You know, that's <laughs> it's just it's just so much ammunition with anything to do with AFTV even when we just beat them again recently that Thai fella just completely losing it um, yeah I think that's that's a good one uh, and I think I remember DT did not react well to that incident he sort of claimed afterwards that it wasn't his hat didn't it or that they, they bought it 
he said that they, they actually bought it off of his merch site and therefore and therefore thanks for the 15 pounds or something like that couldn't even, couldn't even deal with it yeah well that's obviously bullshit because i'm ge- i'm guessing that that you can probably check the hats against the video i'm guessing i'm sure that's but you would say that richard wouldn't you? you would you would try and claw back some sort of dignity by claiming they bought it yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got a feeling of sort of medieval warfare, this sort of thing. So remember, going back to your history, when people used to, you know, fight over the castle and over the battlements, if you took the, you know, the enemy's flag and you got that back, that would be the sign that you've got victory. And this is very much that, you know, we've got your hat. It's a pretty, you know, it's a baseball cap. It's not exactly a fedora, is it? So it's not that big a deal. But the fact that he lost his shit about it and got really upset and then to hoist it over the homestead i thought it was a lovely moment and you know maybe we should do more clothes nicking <laughs> not not encouraging people to steal things but you know against AFTV, that's perfect so it turns out it was a one-all draw against uh, arsenal at home in january 2020 but it had come the hat had been stolen uh during the 2-2 draw at the Emirates in October, in October 2019, yeah. which I think, weirdly, if I'm, if I'm correct, was quite a shithouse game. Because <laughs> that was the game, I think, where um, Gwen Doozy hauled down Wilf on the break with a rugby yeah. tackle. Big shithouse move. And also, I think that was the, the game when uh, Granite Xhaka gave the Arsenal fans the finger as he yeah, walked yeah, up. When he got Another shithouse move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just that was just the theme of that season between Arsenal and Palace, I think. But uh, well played. You know, the identities of the, the hat thieves have never been revealed and I'm sure they never will be but if you're listening and you are that person or those people can I just say from the bottom of my heart (laughs) well done and thank you very much Uh, right do you know what we'll take a quick break when we come back we're going to do shit housery and there'll be loads of examples here against Palace we'll see you in a bit shut up baby let me see where you're coming from shut up baby let me see hey My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, 
a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to Pardew's Hot Pants, uh, the nostalgic spin-off from the FYP podcast. It's our shithousery special inspired by Roy Hodgson blowing kisses to Palace fans at the weekend. We've done shithouse moments for Palace. Uh, Jesse, we're going to go to shithouse moments against Palace. Now, obviously, these are more difficult because they're not enjoyable moments for us as Palace fans. But are there any that stick in your mind that maybe you, th- you thought, fair play, that was good, uh, that have uh, yeah stayed in your mind since seeing them? Again, I've got, got a little smorgasbord here. I don't want um, to spoil everyone's fun if I, if I mention ones you've got. So uh, just feel free to let me know. So I'm going to do a countdown from maybe five to one. So clearly there's um, Nigel Pearson assaulting MacArthur by the side of the touchline. Yeah. I thought there was something, in, something about that that just really odd. Um Lewis Dunk in the tunnel going past the media and uh, shouting we're a crap club or something. Yeah. Um, I've got Shalotto pretending to cry at Zaha on the <gasps> side of the pitch. That's who that was because I, I... Yes, it was Shalotto because recently they've, they've got a player called Cucurella. Mark, Mark Cucurella, I think, is a left yeah, player. Yeah. Um, has done very, really well for them. Spanish international, I think. Um, looks yeah. very similar and actually, and he did... A really emotional. Uh, not that I'm trying to be pro Brighton, but actually, he, he comes across as like quite, quite a sort of nice lad. And I was thinking, oh, you know, good on this lad. And then I thought, oh no, wait, is that the same guy that wound up Wolf? I can't, I can't like, but it's not. I'm glad it's a different guy. That that guy, I'm guessing, has sort of sunk into the ether. Uh, I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I had the same double take on that. Um, but I will probably give it to. And I've also got Klopp calling us fucking Crystal Palace. Just yeah. that was. Yeah, I know that he's ever held it. He's always held it against us that we we beat him. But I think we're the first team to beat him when he put as Liverpool manager. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I think Eddie Howe for calling Zaha a diver, then not owning his owning the comment which you, you called him out on JD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. have not yeah. been invited well, down to Bournemouth since. Well, you you wouldn't be going down to Bournemouth, would you? Well, now? I would now. No, no. Yeah, so teetering around the edge of shithousery here. But I think the the winner for me is Vardy. Vardy's eagle 
yeah. dying ego impression. Absolutely. I, I agree with you. And, and particularly now, it's quite topical with the Wagatha Christie stuff going on. Oh, so good. Yeah. There was, there was an interview that I saw on Leicester's... Uh, it's on YouTube, it just popped up. An interview with, with Vardy at the Leicester training ground. And he was asked about his penchant for winding up opposition fans. And he, he, he talked about the, the dying eagle. And he, he basically does put time into thinking, oh, what, what's going to wind these fans up when I score? What's going to like take it to the next level of annoyance for them? And uh, he clearly had that premeditated, the uh, withering eagle in front of the homestyle. Yeah. 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 So actually, we were talking about Palace Shithouse 11 before, obviously, and if people are listening and they got ideas, then do like something. But in terms of general, maybe non-Palace or general Shithouse 11, Vardy is the captain of that team, 100%. Because that is not the first time he's done that. As you say, he clearly puts thought into it, and he loves winding up fans. And I think, actually, Richard, it's part of the game. When he did that eagle, that I didn't know it was a dying eagle. Well, that makes sense, I guess. Right, It was right in front of the homestead, in the corner that I sit as well. So it was right in front of me. I have to admit, I didn't feel a single feeling of anger. I just thought, fair play. That is fucking hilarious. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it, it did. I mean, we did lose the game. But, um, you know, if you're going to smile at an opposition player celebrating a goal, that would probably be it, wouldn't it? You know, because he'd, he'd had a load of flack from the fans, you know, your wife's a grass type of stuff, which, as I say, is now particularly topical because of the court case is going Be on. careful, because it is literally a libel case. So uh, I yeah. know, I know. I'm not going to say anything silly. Um, so, you know, he, he... And I remember very clearly, because you know he's a Sheffield Wednesday fan, when he scored against Sheffield United. Oh, my God. I mean, he just went up to them. He just did all this stuff. Ah, can you imagine someone like, you know, a Brighton player doing that to us? And a Brighton player, oh my God, I would, he, he, I would just go. But he just doesn't give a monkey's, does he? He just goes <laughs> for it. And he's just one of those, he's a rascal, Vardy. He's an absolute rascal. I mean, he'd be a great, I'd love to have him in my rascal 11. But um, yeah, I think Jess has pulled an absolutely perfect one out there. And it's unusual because it was an enjoyable piece. Enjoyable. Of I completely agree. And actually, uh, I was just thinking there, talking about sort of Brighton Palace, Benteke celebrating his goal in the last second against Brighton a couple of years ago with our second touch in the box. Yeah. Which was actually quite sit-housery because really that's one of those moments where you almost sort of hold your hands up and be like, We've been, we've not been very good today. But he celebrated that like he just sort of thumped it in from thirty yards. So, so a, a smidge in the shithousery from Benteke there, I think, for that moment. But I think, yeah. I think Jesse Vardy is one of those players, and I guess any any player like that that intentionally winds up the opposition is one of those guys um, who, as as an opposition fan, you might get wound up. Or in this case, we're all sort of appreciating it. But when he's on your team, you just love it. You absolutely love it. Yeah, I, I would love. I was. <laughs> Ever since, um, I don't know, ever since maybe Dwight Gale or Murray's left, I always wondered where our next kind of poacher was going to come from. we just players that could do it on their own. And um, I always thought, I think 12 months ago, I was saying if we should get any Chelsea player, I know it should be Abraham, because I thought he, had, he was on the bench last the year before last. Tushu didn't fancy him. This is obviously before Mourinho took him to Roma, but... I was thought Abraham would absolutely thrive in our team. He's sort of reaching more of his potential and it'll never happen now. Um, and Vardy's along the same lines, you know. Imagine Vardy in this side, um, just an absolute 
lethal finisher. Yeah. Yeah. Very good player. A very good player. And a massive shithouse as well, which we love. Um, Richard, I mean, I've got quite a few on my list. I think you're probably going to tick these off as well. What have you got for anti-Palace shithousery? Okay, I've got two particularly. Um, one is a sort of comedy moment. The other is at the other end of the scale. So the comedy moment, and it fits in with the earlier theme of Roy Hodgson and Watford. Here we go. Harry the Hornet. Yeah. You know, the, you know, the mock dive in front of Wilf. I mean, A, you know, it was an attempt at comedy which failed really badly. Uh, I love the fact that Wilf's now s- scored the goal that sent them down. Yeah, they yeah, scored yeah. twice at Vicarage Road. So he scored three goals against them this season, just to rub it in their nose. And, you know, we've talked about Harry the Hornet before, haven't we? And he's just... And the fact that Hodgson got so annoyed about it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, just said Hodgson never lost his cool. Well, he did actually lose his cool about Harry the Hornet. And he, you know... <laughs> and, then, and then he ends up being the manager... And, you know, he has to walk past Harry the Hornet. And he, I bet he just feels, oh, God, he's back again, isn't he? Um, you know, and, and to go back to Roy, got his CBE in the week, and then he does his classic shit housery. Maybe he got his CBE because they said, could you just do a bit of shit housery on Saturday? That'd be really good. Do you, think, do you think he took the Watford job purely as a, the long game spite against Harry the Hornet to, to take them down? Yeah, I think it's almost definitely what. I mean, why else would you do it? Because they were they were pretty much gone anyway. Uh, it doesn't look good on his CV, although he's not worried about it because it's probably his last job. But why would you do that? You know, you're going to get kicked out after three or four months. It just it was a mad decision. So maybe there is a plot. Maybe it's all about that final piece of decision. And the the perfect thing. Sorry to go back to Roy. The fact that. When they said, oh, you know, he said, they're a bit far away, the Watford fans. That's why I didn't go over and see them. They're a bit far away. (laughs) They're only bloody 50 yards away in the corner. So, no, Harry the Hornet all wrapped up with Hodgson and and everything there. Bang. The one at the other end of the scale is bloody Michael Dawson on Julian when he elbowed him. Craig Dawson. (laughs) Craig Dawson, sorry, Michael Dawson. Yeah, I... I was thinking Michael Dawson's quite nice, seems like quite a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Julian, you know, who's clearly a saint and a, such a nice guy, to do that is, I still, it still angers me now. It was just a horrible, horrible thing to do. The fact that referee missed it was also, you know, accentuated the shithousery of it, but... I just, I can't watch it because it just annoys me so much that someone would go and do that deliberate, so deliberate and on, you know, our man, on Julian, disgraceful. Yeah, I think if we had VAR at the time, then I, I think oh, yeah. Yeah, probably would have been sent off because um, it was a horrendous uh, challenge. I like the way you, you, you kind of got a bit of a Watford theme there because Dawson obviously went yeah. on to play for Watford. Uh, yeah. It's now at West Ham and, and actually it's a very good defender and it is doing very well for West Ham. And actually, again, it's on a bit like Vardy. He's one of those players that he actually he'd be in the shit house eleven, I think Dawson. So he does have that in him. Um, but I'd love him in our team. I think you know, obviously b- before the current guys, we have obviously upped our game at centre back. Um, yeah. But Dawson's, I think, always been quite decent. But you're right, like yeah, didn't didn't endear himself to Palace fans with that. And I think that going back to the Harry the Hornet one, I was in the way in that day. I, th- I think was that Allardyce's first game. Uh, 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 Boxing yeah. Day, or maybe the one all, wasn't it? When Kabai yes, I think scored, Kabai yeah. scored. Yeah, I think it was. Um, and I remember being really wound up by that at the time, and actually being 
actually being really livid. Be like, you can't, you can't do that as a mosque mascot. You can't do that. Yeah. And now looking back, I realised actually it was quite funny. Uh, and actually, it would have been even funnier if Wilf hadn't reacted. If Wilf just walked off, it would have made Harry the Horn look like such a plonker. Yeah. And actually, the fact that Wilf reacted almost gave Harry the Hornet the uh, the power almost to be like yeah. well like, it worked um whereas if he'd done nothing it would have made him look like such a such a muppet um but at the time i remember actually genuinely getting quite wound up by yeah. a bloody bloke in a bee costume absolutely <laughs> ridiculous um but yeah i think that is peak shithousery really although i have to say jesse since then the shithousery has turned around because palace fans have wound up harry the hornet online he got he claimed he got unmasked in a video, I think, that, that Griot made or something. So I think, And I actually wonder if in that moment, Jesse, when he did that dive, he almost secured the fact that Wilf would probably score in almost every game since, which he has done, and send them down at some point. So I don't really don't think that, work, that dive was worth it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I think about teams like Brighton and, and Watford, and imagine the casual, the casual fan that doesn't go that often. But they, they must come to watch us this season and go, is that the same guy that knocked us out of the playoffs 10 years ago? <laughs> yeah, that's him. He's still there. And is that the guy that won the penalty at Wembley that they scored and, and, and beat us from? Yeah, that's the same guy. <laughs> I mean, just it's, it's, it doesn't get much better than that, does it? It's just absolutely tormenting them for a decade and hopefully next year as well. He, he has 100% got under the skin of Watford fans and I guess players, if you think about the way they used to rotationally foul him. Um, and I think it's quite rare for a player to be like that. And I guess probably the same for Brighton as well. And for so long, um, there's actually a th- almost a thing of beauty about it. Uh, Cause I think these days players don't stay at clubs long enough to do that, but he, he clearly has just managed to wind up particularly Watford fans who are desperate for a rivalry with, with us as well. Um, it is, it made Saturday even more of a thing of beauty. Wolf scoring, just it just ticked so many boxes. It was it was lovely. Um, I've only got one. You've taken. I had Harry the Hornet as well, uh, Richard. I only had one more on my list, and again, it's just a player. And there's three simple words I'll say to you, which are James Ward Prowse. I think in terms of yeah. winding up Palace, this guy, to be fair to him, has got it absolutely nailed. I mean, he literally got Wolf sent off a couple of years ago down at St Mary's, uh, and he seems to be very skilled and again he'd be in the shithouse 11 in the dark arts of winding up and I don't even know if he does it in other games against other teams I'm, I'm, I'm guessing they haven't played Pompey recently but he seems to be very good at getting under Wilf's skin Palace player's skin I mean he's a captain so I guess he's got those, those leader qualities uh, Richard but he added on to the fact he's also a very very good player and can influence the game with his feet as well as his head I'm not sure there's been any player really that consistently, consistently over the last few years has shithoused us and Wilf as much as James Paul Prowse. No, I agree. Um, and I think we've, we've covered him before because he's got that slightly annoying face. <laughs> but, you know, you just you just don't like the look of him. And he, he that when he did that thing to Wilf and got him sent off because Wilf sarcastically applauded the ref, it was just like, and you could see him going, yeah, in the background, I got him sent off. And you just think, oh, you <laughs> horrible little item. Just go away. Um, but, yeah, I'm afraid he is a good player. He's He's got a, the record almost now for direct free kicks. He's, you know, he's all over the pit. He's, he, he's a good captain. 
because he's he leads in the front. And I, and you know, I, I would put it in here that I don't think our team have got enough shithousery about them generally because we don't have people like Ward Prowse. We don't have people surrounding the ref. Maybe you should say, well, that's good because we're a pure football side and, you know, that's the way we're going to play. But sometimes you just want us just do something a little bit more, you know, from the dark side and, and actually do this. So, you know, let's up the shithousery stakes a little bit. Don't have to go too shithousery, but let's up them a little bit and just may put us a little bit further along next season. I think, I think Mateta has shithousery qualities about him. I think. Yeah, he's kicking the corner flag. Kicking the corner flag. He likes to do this, point to his watch a lot in the last few minutes, doesn't he? With, yeah, with the, the keeper's keepers, got the ball. Yeah. He likes to uh, try and get the fans going. I think he's, uh, I can imagine he's probably in the defender's ears a lot of the game as well, talking nonsense. I, I get the impression he's, he's got, he's got the potential to be in the yeah. shithouse 11 is what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, Ward Prowse for you, Jesse, are you, do, does he wind you up as much as he winds up Will for, or are you more of an appreciation of the shithouse skills? I think you've got, look, you've, you can see past it, Jim, but I can't. I, I've always seen, you've been a lot more mature about him than me. You've always been like, I'd love him in my team, he's a great player, but um, yeah, he irritates me. He's, um, there's something Michael Owen about him. Something a bit Michael Owen about him, the way he sort of swaggers about the pitch. Um, but I did appreciate when we went there and drew 1 1 and Max Player played and his goal got disallowed. James McCarthy was playing for us. And I think he was in tune with the Prowse thing and he was just aggressively snapping at his ankles and had a word in his ear a couple of times. So that, that was a moment that I remember with James McCarthy. Yeah, I, I, so yeah, I think, I think you can kind of see where I'm at with him. Yeah, James McCarthy definitely going in the Palace House 11. 100%. He was definitely on that wavelength when it came to shithousery. Um, I think what we might do, guys, actually, we might wrap up in a minute on the public feed. And for the patrons, should we come back and try and do a shithouse 11? Uh, yeah. Palace one or general? I think we'll try Palace because um, we've had a few uh, suggestions now we'll try Palace and then uh, yeah I think we'll do that maybe maybe a general one if we can if we've got time um, but I think we've done it we've, done, we've had a good smorgasbord there as Jesse says of shithouse moments for and against Palace and we hope you've enjoyed listening to those listeners I'm sure some of you are screaming at your phones right now with suggestions so do email us and let us know and we'll read them out in a future episode contact at fypfanzine.uk is the email contact at fypfanzine.uk there's no co it's just .uk um, or tweet us at fypfanzine which is on uh, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook and let us know your shit house examples if we missed any although I think we've done we've done quite a good one there it's almost quite therapeutic Richard today to sort of get those off our chest yeah no it is good it is good to purge yourself sometimes and you know you, you might say it's a negative thing but in a way shithousery has been as you said has become part of football and it's now very much you know can, how do you get the advantage and that there are you know various ways you can do it and shithousing is one of the ways to marginal gain marginal gain you know i think winding up other players winding up opposition fans can you know, it can reap its reward. So, yeah, long live the shit house. <laughs> Jesse, uh, Jesse, have you enjoyed uh, getting through our shit house moments? There's a book in this, Richard. There's definitely is. <laughs> Not another one. <laughs> Richard, just just write a book called um, Shit House. 
by Richard Foster, it'd be a bestseller. Yeah. You know, I think there's just, there's just so much material. Yeah. I think it's rooted in the sort of what used to be called, this is a relabeling of what used to be called continental. You know, if yeah. somebody dived, if somebody dived or was participating in time wasting, a goalkeeper putting the ball down on one side of the six yard box, picking it up and taking it to the other one. Uh, it's all, that was all originally termed as continental. Yeah, so that's, that's true, true, actually. That's the, uh, the kind of the Premier League has cottoned on to, oh, we, should, we can play, too play that game. It's now become a bit of a broader um, phenomenon known as shithousery. I think there's a dedicated Twitter account to it now, isn't there? Football shithousery. Must be. Yeah, there must be. Yeah, there is. So, um, yeah, I'm with you. Long live the shithouser. Uh, Jesse, say the name of the book again because you, you cut out and I'll, I'll edit it in. I think, Richard, you should definitely write a book called Shithouse by Richard Foster. It's a guaranteed bestseller. Yeah, I'll get I'll get James Ward-Prowse to write the foreword for it. Beautiful stuff. Uh, right, okay, that's the end of the public feed. Thanks very much for listening. If you want to hear more, our Shithouse 11, sign up to the uh, patron feed, patreon.com, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash F-Y-P podcast. Uh, so if you're a patron, you're going to hear a quick break. We'll come back. And if you're on a public feed, it's time for us to say goodbye. Thanks for listening. Uh, do get in contact if you've got any ideas for future episodes as well. Contact at fypfanzine.uk and we'll see you again soon on another Pardews Hot Pants. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Podcast Network.